Let's go! Episode number 82, Beyond Jiu-Jitsu Podcast. My name's Adam Childs, sitting across from... Kieran Lefebvre, Blue Belt, under Adam Childs. <laughs> you just brought that energy way down, way down. Adam Childs. My name's Kieran Lefebvre, <coughs> with one stripe though. <laughs> Wait, do you have a stripe? <laughs> no, bro. Fuck! <laughs> no stripe! Zero stripe, <laughs> donuts. Uh, yeah, so today's episode is... For our white belt family, our white belt fam, this is the top. You're still five. a white belt at heart, Kieran. At heart, or oh, on the on the podcast artwork, I am. You are. I have recently checked our Patreon ever since I think it was episode seventy-seven where we mentioned the artwork again for the one millionth time, and we said, "Nah, it's the Patreons that decide." Almost unanimously, all the Patreons have banded together and say that the artwork needs, needs to change. So I'm going to have to look at changing that. The, the tribe has spoken. I'll put out a poll on uh, Patreon. I still don't like it. Yeah, well, that's okay. If you want to influence this poll, join our Patreon. <laughs> but a poll will be going up uh, when this episode airs, so I will put that up on Patreon. Can we – okay, let me throw this out to the Patreons. Would you prefer the artwork to change, but instead of the belt changing to a blue belt, we just put a stripe on it? <laughs> What about that? <laughs> I've got an idea. This is just, just just occurred to me. Let's do two polls. We'll do one open to the community, maybe on Instagram, and then we'll have one on YouTube, and then we'll have one on, on Patreon. And then the Patreon results will account for like 60% of the total poll results, and the rest will, will come from all the other sources, just in case Patreon split. We'll get that mathematician – statistics genius we've got to run all the data. Yeah, we'll run all the data. <laughs> we'll, we'll balance it all out, have different weight to different votes on different platforms. We'll skew the results so <laughs> the answer's still a no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Anyway, white belt friends, today we are talking about five white belt or five uh, new student mistakes. Mm. So maybe not, yeah, that by default means you're a white belt, but, you know, I'm more talking about, some of those, you're still in your first weeks, months of, of, of jiu-jitsu. What are some five mistakes that you make and you should not be doing? Yeah, we're, I think this episode is designed to like fast track it a little bit because these are things that you can pretty much fix as soon as they're being brought to your attention. That's right. So these aren't things that, you know, not mistakes from a technique point of view because mm. that can take time and repetition and hours on the mats. These are things that, okay, m maybe it's not as easy to say overnight, but to some degree overnight. They're mm. just sort of things that you you might not realise until someone said, bro, you do this. And you're like, oh, my God. Yeah, exactly. So uh, I think you still tick all these five boxes, Kieran. Definitely. First one, I mean, I, I, definitely, I, I don't just tick number one, I smash number one. <laughs> I fucking obliterate the number one point. And uh, yeah, so number one point is going too hard. Yeah, going so- Going hard in the paint, yo. Yeah, um, what? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. I think I've mentioned before, you know, we've got uh, one guy in the gym, Aaron, and he uh, helps teaches he teaches the kids class for me and he's been with me for a long time. But he's also from a different part of the country that I'm from. And he's got the wackest sayings. Yeah, like, man. You know, sometimes he just says- He's got some bogan ass sayings. Yeah, he's kind of like, my dad says weird sayings, but I'm used to them because he's my dad. But, you know, you'll, Aaron will say something 
And he'll say something like you just said, but you just said that and had no idea. You were just yeah. like, I don't know, man. I'm just saying useless stuff. Yeah. Aaron will be like, I don't know. Oh, bro, like a cherry brown apple with a porcupine. And you'll be like, what? And he'll be like, yeah, haven't you heard that before? Be like, I have no idea what you just said. But for him, it's just this legit saying yeah. that is, you know. Yeah, that's, anyway, that's weird. Straight to the paint. What did you say? Something like that. Doesn't uh, hard matter. in the paint. Hard in you the paint. You go hard in the paint. That means you go hard. Yeah, well, I could get, send I got full there. Send. I got there on my own. Full send? Full send. Yeah, yeah good. Yeah, We're yeah. on board. Yeah, okay, so going too hard. What do we mean by that? So- what I mean by going too hard is I don't mean as in, you know, trying with a hundred percent. I mean, give it your all, but I mean going too hard as in all brand new white belts are usually way too tense all the time. They're flexing, contracting their muscles the entire time. And it is absolutely exhausting. Try to just tense, like try to just stay tense for two minutes. Man, it's very, very hard to contract, just contracting your muscles, especially your legs, because they're the, you know, your, I always get confused. Is it your, your quads or your glutes that are the biggest, the bigger muscle? Glutes. Your glutes, right? I believe the glutes are the biggest muscle in the, in the human body, right? Yes. I think so. Yes. I, anyway, maybe I'm Joe Rogan. Let's, just, that say, let's just say it but, is. Yeah, let's just say it is. You know, it takes a huge amount of energy to contract such huge amounts of mass and beginners tend to do that, and that's why they often gas out, right? In conjunction with that going too hard, it also can bleed into things like tapping too late or uh, not, not applying a submission correctly in the sense that you don't do it in a controlled manner. Like you don't understand the, the, the mechanics of an armbar, or you might understand the mechanics, but you haven't spent enough time there to understand the amount of force required to literally break someone's arm mm. and maybe you break someone's arm, right? So going in, beginners in the beginning and being super tense and thinking that it is this, I'm gonna murder you situation is such a recipe for injury. And you see it, you see it all the time. Beginners trying, like often they hurt themselves, you know? So sometimes depending on the individual, I'll have someone not roll for X amount of classes because it's not that they're going to get hurt from my other existing students. I have none of those sorts of students. We don't have that culture in the gym of, oh, it's a new guy, beat up the new guy, fresh meat, blah, 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 you know? It's usually they hurt themselves. So they might even be a relatively fit individual, but doing a closed chain movement like, you know, a, a deadlift or a squat where everything is symmetrical and locked in place is very different to trying to, you know, or let's say a bench press, right? You know, very different doing a, a bench press than it is trying to push someone off you who their weight is not symmetrical on each of your hands and you're not lying flat, you're turned on your side and, and people hurt their own back or their own shoulder because they're going too hard in the beginning and they do, they're not respecting how, how physically demanding the sport is and how their body is not used to that yet. Mm. Like you wouldn't be like pick up surfing and be like, it's 20 foot 
I'm paddling out, right? You know? <laughs> Fuck no. <laughs> you know, you've got to. Start in the baby but pool. But yeah, kind, yeah. Of, kind of baby steps, so yeah. to speak. And a, a good example of when you're having someone, this this term, if you haven't heard of it, uh, is called spazzy white belt. It's like a buzz phrase in jiu-jitsu. It's very, it's a meme at this stage. And the, a good example of knowing if, you know, you're rolling with a spazzy white belt is I tend to get more, like knocks and headbutts and elbows into the face and like just random shit like that when someone's spazzing out. Like I roll hard with, you know, belt people that I'm like my my level like blue belts and up and 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 even like more experienced white belts. And I don't get as knocks and bumps and like headbutts and shit and knocked in the mouth and stuff like that, even though we're going a lot harder. But when you have that spazzy white belt for whatever reason, because they're they're just are so erratic, you always get like headbutt or something. You're like, fuck. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like uh because when it's someone a bit more experienced, you have that level of trust, like that maybe trust is, you know, trust is the right word, but you don't even have to have actual trust for the person. You just trust in their overall jujitsu that they move the appropriate way, mm. right? Think about incoming Formula One analogy, right? <laughs> like Formula One Drive. Like, man, everything happens so quick and at such high speeds, you know, like imagine at the, the start of a race and you're not on the front of the grid, you're maybe in the middle somewhere. When the lights go out, you just hit the accelerator. You don't wait for the person in front of you to, to take off. Otherwise you'll be miles behind. And that's why you see sometimes when if the guy in front, you know, doesn't take off as quickly as he should because he got wheel spin or there was a problem with the car, the guy behind just crashes straight into the back of him, mm. you know, cause it all happens too fast. The same as man, the, the speed that they break going into corners mm. would be what the average person would consider you break checking the person behind you. But they, the person in front has faith that the person behind is, you know, they've got brake markers, right? At this hundred meter mark, we hit the brakes. The person behind is going to break unless something mechanically goes wrong, you know? So you can drive in a way because, you know, you're expecting this person to drive at a similar skill level. So it allows you to do things that you couldn't do if it was an amateur driver in the other car. And jujitsu is the same, right? I completely agree. It's the, definitely when you're rolling with the, the white belts who go too hard, that's when you get smashed in the face and all this stuff because even if they're not spazzing, they're just, I don't know, the control and the understanding isn't there yet. Yeah, the control of their own body. And like I had a friend of mine who who um, has like done a couple like jiu-jitsu sessions here and there over the years, but he basically is brand new white belt. He came for an open mat uh, to, to try out and we were rolling and the amount of times he accidentally just – through his like sort of erratic movement, just headbutted me or like just smashed me in the mouth or like, you know, just, just hit me randomly. Uh, and it happens with, with, you know, he's, it's not isolated event to him, but it happens in so many cases. And it's something that I've noticed is really funny. And then if, if they hit you too hard, like they're really headbutt you in the nose or something, it yeah. pisses you off and you gotta, yeah. <laughs> you gotta suffer. Yeah. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. It's, it's quite funny. So yeah, going too hard is definitely a, a risk for injury. I'd say. Yeah. So, the next one though, mm. mistake for, for maybe this isn't white belt, but mistake for people starting out in the sport. And I don't want to, you could kind of wrap these two with going too hard as well, because I don't want to contradict what I just said, 
But a mistake slash misunderstanding I see is people not understanding the sport that they're about to participate in. So I know I said, you know, going too hard is a mistake and it is, but also a mistake I see beginners do is, I don't know, tapping from the tiniest, you know, or tapping or, or complaining or saying, oh, you know, he was but like he had his shoulder on my face. Yeah, bro. Yeah, bro. You know, it's like a surfer being like, but I got wet. <laughs> you know, so not understanding that you are participating in a full contact combat sport, mm. right? There will be shoulders pressing, pressing into your face, arms and legs and parts of your body get bent and twisted the wrong way. Mm. The same way that if you signed up for boxing, you're going to get punched in the face, punched in the ribs. It's part of the sport. Mm. So I'm not saying that means that you do need to go, well, it's an MMA fight and let's go 100% and smash him. He's going to smash me. Row, row. It's a war. No. So still rule number one or mistake number one still exists of going too hard. I guess mistake number two would be you could classify it better as saying a misunderstanding. You need to realize that you are participating in a full contact combat sport. That doesn't mean, depending on your gym, maybe day one you're thrown in with the Lions, but it doesn't mean you're going to have to be fighting for your life from day one. You can learn it in a very safe, controlled manner, but I really get frustrated when, when, when people, you know, have someone say to me like, oh, so you just like, so you just muscle it. Like, well, you muscle it with a, you use strength and ex- and explosion with a huge amount of technique as Applied well. Like technique. it's a physical yeah. sport, you know. Yeah. It's like, you know, complaining that a tennis player's serve was whatever. Oh, they muscled two, that serve. 200, oh, yeah, man. He aced me that 200 kilometer an hour serve because he just muscled it. Yeah. But, well, yeah, there was a huge amount of muscle behind that serve and a crazy amount of technique too, you know. Uh, so just understanding that you, the sport that you're about to participate in. And I get that maybe for some people that understanding won't come until you get a bit of time in the sport, you know. Um, anyone's welcome to try it. Some people might try it and once they physically feel what the sport's like, they might go, well, it's not for me. And that's fine. It's not for everyone, you know. You can't fully understand it until you experience it. So that's fine. Yeah, don't be one of those, you know, it's, it's a big mistake to – to, tr- to try to continue to train jiu-jitsu without coming to that realization, you know? And so get on board with that sooner rather than later. Otherwise, you'll, your progression will stop maybe at a one-stripe white belt, you know? You can, you can still train jiu-jitsu for a bit without going down that road, but it's kind of like the celebrity jiu-jitsu stuff that we That's talked about yeah. ages ago where these – I mean, I'm not – those celebrities, for those who don't know, uh, it's Higgin Machado I think has like a celebrity jiu-jitsu program that's designed for celebrities, mainly actors, who because of their work kind of can't afford to get injured or especially on their face have injuries and things like that. So cool, I'm all for that. But then, sweet, you're not earning X belt or Y belt if you're not actually doing the sport. Yeah, exactly. You know, totally. How you how can you be expected to make it up into the next, you know, tier belt if you don't actually do it? 
You can't. You're not, not going to get to play A-grade football. You're never going to progress from B-grade to A-grade if you never actually step on the pitch, are you? No, absolutely not. And one thing that has come to mind when you were talking about, like, you know, people complaining about shoulder pressure and things like that, it's it's kind of like uh, get comfortable being uncomfortable. Being uncomfortable is never comfortable, so I prefer, like, to, to change that saying a little bit to, to, to get accustomed or get used to being uncomfortable. There's going to be moments in jujitsu where it fucking sucks. Like you're on the bottom, yeah. you're pinned down, you can't move, you can't breathe. Like someone's shoulders in your neck or in your face, or like you know they're they're digging for a rear naked choke and they're digging their bloody knuckle into your neck. That sucks, but that's the sport, bro. Yeah, it's you're making me think of when. Yeah, getting accustomed or used to it's the way to think about it. Mm. So we did. Let me do. A, a quick scroll to find what episode it was. <laughs> episode 43 was the celebrity <laughs> BJJ Bell. Wow, we're up to 82. That's crazy. Fuck. Yeah, Tough so I'm, I'm trying to find <laughs> – we did we did, we did, did an episode a while back about cold showers. Yeah, yeah episode yeah. 32, recovery tactics for BJJ, cold showers. Mm. And Kieran and I had both done a month of taking only cold showers together, of course. Yes. Right? Uh, but it was something Kieran had done previously, having lived in Sweden and stuff, but it was new to me, you know, Wim Hof stuff, all that sort of thing. Anyway, we did cold showers for a month, and I remember there was a bit in that episode where I said, you know, they suck, blah, 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 and you're like, no, like, you know, you get used to it, and and essentially my point was, yeah, you get used to the suck. Yes. Like, they never suck less. Yes, you just get used to the fact that it sucks. Yeah. But it's not like you get to a point where the cold isn't cold. Mm. It's, all, it's always cold. I don't know if, I don't know if biologically you can all of a sudden be, you know, used to the cold water feels warm. I don't know if that can happen. I don't know. I ain't no fucking doctor. I ain't no scientist, but you know, I, it wasn't that they don't suck. They always suck. Every single cold shower sucks. Yeah. After it feels good, you know, uh, and to some degrees during a cold shower, sometimes it can feel good. You know, I think I said on that episode in the one month, I had one or two cold showers where I got in the water and was like, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. But maybe it was hotter that day. Yeah. I can't remember. Yeah. But you get used to the suck. And yep. it's kind of like you said, you don't get comfortable being uncomfortable. You just get used to it, accustomed to that. This discomfort is just part of it. And the longer you train jujitsu, you will become the cold water, and you will impose that suck onto someone yeah, else. Yeah, <laughs> that's what it's fun. But I think, that, <laughs> but I think that's everything. You know, I get, you know, it, the the point I'm trying to make with the understanding what sport you're participating in is people complain about their fingers or whatever. There's always, and you're doing a physical sport, there'll be wear and tear. Anyone listening who plays guitar would would know that if you go for a bit of time without playing guitar and then you go back to playing the guitar, the tips of your fingers will be sore mm. from holding the strings down. You're talking about playing guitar and you can have sore fingers. Mm. Like, you know, you pick up surfing, you might get a bit of a, a board rash on your chest, right? Or... Man, you think these guys who who ride like who ride bikes, like cyclists, mm. who do it for for sport or for fitness? Man, they get sore asses sitting mm. on those seats. They might have whatever. Like it's there's whatever sport you're participating in, you're gonna have some wear and tear on your body. Like I said, you could be playing guitar 
and you'll have sore fingers. Exactly. So it's just a big mistake or misunderstanding. To not understand that. Yeah. Yeah, and it's cool if if you're if you don't you could, you're not going to fully understand it until you do it, of course, you know, and maybe then you decide it's not for you, but you can't expect someone to understand what the discomfort feels like and be cool with it before experiencing it. And then if you decide it's not for you, cool, but it's not going to get easier or better. Well, no, easier it does because you just get used to the suck mm. and the suck just becomes normal. And like you said, you get to a point where you, you're not doing any of the sucking. You're just like pouring the cold water on other people. Yeah, baby. And you're just saying you suck it. <laughs> just breathe, bro. Yeah. <laughs> has it has it ever? Does this still happen to you? Probably not because of your um because of where you're at in your jujitsu. Just my super awesome skill. Yeah, because you're you're mad skill. I only roll with white belts. Yeah, true. So if you ever do, you get in positions where um you know you've been you've had that suck imposed on you. You've been getting smashed, and you you reach a point in your mind where you just. It's not like you start to panic, but you, a switch goes off and you're like, nah, fuck this. I don't want to be here anymore. I want out. Yeah. And then it, it becomes not a panic, but like the urgency, not because you're about to be subbed, but just because nah, fuck this. I don't want to be in, I don't want to have this person's will imposed on me. Any yeah, I don't longer. know if I, if, if, if urgency is the feeling I feel in those moments, it's, I think it's a little, for me personally, yeah, it's a little bit of rage. I feel not rage as in I'm going to lose composure. Yes. I've never, of course, in my, in my career of jujitsu lost composure as in that I felt the need to hit someone or say something. Oh no, there's times I've told people that they're being a dick, but anyway, I've I've, uh, yeah, I usually say it behind your back. Fair. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, I've, it's almost like a little bit of rage, mm. you know? So I don't know if I feel urgent, but I would be like, you know, sometimes Get if I'm in that bad position, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. In my mind is pretty much that phrase. I'm like, get the fuck, get the fuck off me, piece of fuck off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. and then when I get out, I don't know, sometimes you, you I'll then just, get out uh, and yeah. I'll be like, I'm going to murder you. Yes. Or sometimes I get out and have that feeling of, of I'm defeated mm. and I got out and I'm like, I got out, but like, I'm done. Like right, I want to like yeah. kind of curl up in the fetal position and cry a little bit. It's very frustrating whenever that, that sort of, it doesn't happen every time. Someone, sometimes I just cop it, but whenever that sort of rage, if you will, that like urgency using my, my word there turns on when I'm against a higher belt, like I'm stuck in a really shit position. From I've, a black felt, belt. I've felt it you against me. Like yeah. I felt you have that switch, that yeah. switch of really wanting to get out. Yep. And it sucks because sometimes no matter how much you want it, you, you do not have the skill set or the ability to make it happen. Yeah. That, that being in that position, that vulnerability, that almost defenselessness, that is where jujitsu is at. Man. It's, it's where jujitsu is at though. Like it's where you fucking make the most mental progress. Yeah, for sure. Big time. Yeah, and I just had to I had to put that out there. Yeah, anyway. Race to suck. All right. Number three is we've spoken about this multiple times just throughout the podcast mm. history. But a lot of a big mistake that beginners make is just having zero base. Mm. What I mean by zero base is I don't mean you have to be you know, some people you train with, they wrestled in school and they have a crazy good base. I don't mean like that. I just find it mind boggling how for a lot of beginners, it's not natural just to not fall over. 
You know, I'll be like, <laughs> I bro, I, did, I didn't yeah. even sweep you. I just grabbed your collar and, and you, you fell, fell over. over. Yeah, dude. You know, uh, I get, I mean, don't get me wrong. If you're a brand new white belt, I'm going to sweep you. I'd like to think so. <laughs> you know, I'm going to, if I tech, if I sweep you with a technique and I controlled your base and, or your ability to post and knocked you over, cool. But so many times, man, they'll have like almost all four of their limbs free and you just like push them in a direction or something and they just fall over. And you're like, but why didn't you step? Yeah. Like, why didn't you put a hand out? You know, if, if you were standing up and I bumped into you, like walking through the supermarket and I, and you know, we accidentally bumped shoulders. You just go, oh, I'm going down. Oh, timber. Like, <laughs> just step. Yeah, I've so that's a very big mistake. That's that, so funny. Of course, not everyone does it, but as a whole, I see way too many brand I had this new problem. beginners. Do you remember when I had this problem when I was falling over all the time? You're like, what the fuck, dude? Just <laughs> did I? Did yeah, you? yeah, yeah. It was, you know, um, I I went through a phase where my base was just dog shit, and I was conceding sweeps. I was just falling over, and you're like, you're not fighting. Like, where's your base? Like, what the fuck? Yeah, like I'm not even holding that hand. Like yeah. post. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You? You know, and uh, so funny. someone, Marina had this as well a while back. So Marina's a white belt and quite like uh, naturally gifted. Like she's got a lot of that fight in her, mm. you know, that sometimes girls don't have in jujitsu. So Marina comes, she trains hard. Uh, her partner, Anthony trains as well. They're both like two of my, I actually really like Anthony and Marina. They're two of my favorite students. If I would, Actually, Karen, move over. Come on in, Anthony Marina. You're on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to replace Karen now. <laughs> uh, and it can make a huge difference. So she was going through this phase a little bit. It wasn't like a big glaring thing, but I had a roll with her one day and I said, Marina, man, like you're just falling over. Like, mm. like put your hand, like just stay on top. You know, if I'm not controlling your sleeve or your leg and I'm not sweeping you from a technical point, like I'm sometimes just pushing you to get a reaction, but you're just collapsing onto your butt and stay on top. And then the next day we rolled and it was like, you know, night and day. Her, her, the difficulty level to sweep her just went up like a hundred percent. It wasn't just like, oh, she's a little harder to sweep now. It was just like, man, you, you're so much, your base is, in, like overnight better. And like we said at the start, some of these, of yeah, some of these things you can implement overnight. Of course, for some people, it's going to take longer for it to become autonomous. For Marina, she was able to instantly make that rather autonomous, but it can make a huge difference. I have another student, Dave, he's, um, he's a blue belt and still has a bit of this problem. It's way better now. But I said to him, I was like, Dave, you're really, your top pressure is really good. You know, you're you're kind of like really heavy and solid, like a concrete statue or something. Like your base is is good, but as soon as you're you start tipping, you don't even try to catch yourself. Like you're like a solid statue that it's once dynamic gra once yeah. gravity takes over, you're gone. I was like, no, you need to be a statue, but that is a, a living mm. statue. Like if you're if you're falling, I need you to put a hand out or a foot out. You know, catch yourself, stay on top. No, and it makes a big difference. So that is a, a huge mistake that I see way too many beginners make. And when I get a brand new student who doesn't make that mistake, I'll, I'll often go as far <clears throat> as to, to compliment them as well. Say, man, you'd be surprised how well you're doing just the fact that you do this and this. Mm. You know, you've got that intuitive uh, 
desire to stay on top and you've got that natural sort of base where you don't just fall over when you're falling you catch yourself and you and for you it's probably feeling obvious but a lot of people it's not yeah Kieran so <laughs> yeah <laughs> hey, but it makes that. <laughs> yeah but it makes a big difference it really and does. it's a, a big mistake that you can get rid of rather quickly like i said some people will be able to to implement that change overnight as mm. soon as they're aware of it and some wouldn't. But there's no better way to think about it other than, you know, if you're walking down the street and you trip, you don't just – sometimes you fall on your face, but it's usually against your best efforts, right? Like yeah. when you trip on a curb or like a little crack in the sidewalk or something. You step. Yeah, you usually catch yourself. And if you ever do fall all the way down, I can – pretty much promise you it was probably against your best efforts to stay standing. Exactly. Right? And I you think, don't just go shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I think um, as well, piggybacking off that, knowing where to put your weight is, is, this is not something that you could probably fix overnight, but it's a very common issue that I, I'm experiencing lately with white belts. And a prime example was last night, um, either committing your way too far forward or too far backward. So not knowing where to put your base and getting easily reversed. Like for example, I was rolling with the white belt. Oh, like if you were side control top or something. Exactly, like that's that. exactly what happened. Side control, he was on top and the, it was the most easy reversal we've ever done. Literally just had to roll because they were like just committed way too far forward. It's like hot dog we rolled it. Yeah, off we, off we went, he was like, no. <laughs> he's literally like, fuck, what the hell? Cause he's like trying so hard, holding so hard. He's so excited that he got there, like pushing all of his weight way too far forward is the easiest reversal. Yeah, And uh, I think, you know, Fine tuning that that will yeah, come. You time. have to be. You have to be. You know, dynamic about mm. being heavy. I've used mm. this analogy a lot in the gym, but it falls mostly on deaf ears. The fact that we're in the city of Sydney, it would probably be a more relevant analogy for people who live in the country. But I often use the analogy of of, of riding a horse for people who have ridden a horse before, they'll instantly know what I'm trying to say. You know, if you just sit on a horse rigid, like as the horse moves, like you'll get bounced off it. You'll literally go and you'll get bounced and thrown off the horse, right? If you're like a rigid heavy weight, like it's called riding a horse because you, you literally have to ride it. You need to move up and down with it. Look at like rodeo riders, you know, like bull riders and stuff like that. They don't just sit on the bull and hold on. It's not as simple as that. Like they're moving their hips and, you know, moving with the bull to almost, well, I don't know any other word to use than ride it. Mm. Or look at bull riders on those mechanical bulls. Mm. What, and you see all those fail clips when someone just sits on it and they're rigid, they just get dirt, dirt, whoom, and yep. they get thrown. And then you see the people who can stay on it. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're moving, the, they're with, moving it. with it. Yeah. Man, like, Pocket door bitches, yeah. <laughs> like anything dynamic could say the same about a surfer. Like mm. if you got, if you caught a wave, stood up on your board and then went, now I'll stand stiff. Mm. You you're going to fall off very, very, like you yep. need to dynamically move with the wave because it's moving as well. Mm -hmm. Right. Like Absolutely. And yeah, so that no basing, of course, having a really good base and that ability to ride comes with time, right? That cheeky ass smile because I said the word ride, right? <laughs> I'm always smiling. About. <laughs> but yeah, that at least, you know, if you trip, stick a hand out, stick a foot out. Don't mm. just fall on your face. Yeah. Right? Try fix that one. It's a big mistake. And, and 
as I mentioned, when people come in and they're brand new and they don't make that mistake, it's so common that I'll I'll say to them, man, you're doing really, you'd be surprised that, you know, how, how, you know, a step, not a step ahead, but, you know, you're coming from a really good place because you already do this. Awesome. Bam, number four, right, is, which order do I want to do this? I'll do this one first. Overextending your arms slash bench pressing out of side control or mount. So this one is, uh, would maybe you can fix it overnight, but it's, it's a bit, takes a little bit more time because you're having to unlearn something that is instinctual. A lot of the self-defense moves when you, you know, take someone down and you armbar them from mount, it's because instinctually you try to push someone off you. I mean, it's, that's why that self-defense movement exists. And so beginners always do it, right? Always, always, always do it. Okay, so if in doubt, keep your elbows tucked in. I was once told that you never want to have your, um, what was it? Your neck, armpits, or hips controlled. And, but that armpits really like thought about. So think if you like, if your arms are open and you're open for arm drags and arm bars and whatever. So if in doubt, Pretend you've got like super embarrassing sweaty pits. <laughs> Keep your arms tucked in. T-Rex arms. T-Rex arms, yes. right? That's maybe a better one because yeah. sweaty pits is gross. <laughs> so <laughs> Kieran, buy some deodorant. Yeah, no. I, got, I got mad sweaty pits. But <laughs> yeah, T-Rex arms. Yeah, beginners overextend their arms all the time. And of course, you're going to watch a professional fight or watch your teammates fight and be like, but that dude doesn't have T-Rex arms. Yeah, because you can't just permanently have T-Rex arms, you are extending to reach for things and pull things and push things. But as a whole, beginners just overextend their arms mm. all the time. They just leave them out there dangling in the wind. Yeah, it'd yeah. be similar to, you know, people who are very new to striking always leave their guard down, mm. as in always let their hands drop, right? So they're open to be hit. It's just one of those things that, you know, yeah, you watch a professional boxer, but he dropped his hands. Yeah, but he's a professional boxer. Like he knows what's up. Mm. You don't. So keep your hands up. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like it's kind of like that. Yeah. You know, that overextending of your arms. And you often do walk a fine line. Even at the professional level, you'll be extending your arm and you're both professional fighters. So you know there's a I know that if I extend too far, he'll take that arm. He knows that I know that he'll take the arm, you know, so there's that physical chess game going on or that trying to walk that line, escaping mount, you know, you do an elbow escape where you're trying to walk that line of the more I turn, the easier it is to regard, but the more I turn, the easier it is for you to take my back. back. Yeah. And you're trying to walk that line and it, arm extension is the same thing in a lot of positions, but it's as a beginner, it's better to start all the way on the other end of not extending your arms and then work towards ex that line of extension than the other way around. Yeah. Does that make sense? Perfect sense. Way, yeah, way, way better to start from, well, my arms are always in and I never get armbarred, but I also never escape or can frame when I need to frame and start extending your frame. And then you'll get to a point where you start extending it too much, getting armbarred and you go, oh, wait, the line was back there, back it down. That's way better than being like, I always extend my arms. I get armbarred all the time. I got uh, armbarred a little less, a little less, a little less, a little less. You know, oh, now I've got no frame. Yeah. You know, 
you have to capitalize. It, it, it almost requires you to be punished over and over and over again for that mistake. Yeah, like, and uh, that hurts. Yeah. Armbars yeah. hurt. <laughs> my, you must be punished. My crappy elbow yeah. post-surgery elbow yeah. messing with me. Coming from someone post-surgery elbow. Yeah, yeah, like even last night I was rolling with a white belt down my close guard. They left their arm out. So easiest armbar. Like, yeah, yeah. Within like 10 seconds, like yeah. straight in the close guard, left their arm, armbar. Like straight up. Dangling in the wind. Yeah, it's a massive mistake yeah. that, um, that white belts always make. Also a, a mistake that you can easily understand why, because mm. it's just very instinctual. A lot of jujitsu is Joy. not mm. instinctual. Think about playing guard as a whole is not, you know, it's not natural for for 99.9% of people who train jujitsu, who start jujitsu, I should say. You get to a point where it's second nature. Yeah. So yeah, you can see how people get to that arm extension mistake. So try try make a mental note of it. Keep your arms in, T-Rex arms. Awesome. And the last one is probably the most well-documented beginner mistake, probably in a lot of forms of exercise, but it would be not breathing. And yeah, you could say not breathing correctly, but even just not breathing. It's holding your People breath. People hold their breath. Yeah. And this one takes a little more to to untrain or to train yourself to, to breathe correctly, I should say. Because when you're in you know, moments of exertion, you often hold your breath. When you're distracted, you hold your breath. I think we spoke briefly about Wim Hof and some breathing on an episode not that long ago. Episode 80. 80, was it? Yeah. yeah. And you would even mention something along the lines of people when they're super engaged and focused in a work task mm. will hold their breath. Hold yeah. their breath. I, I went through this as a white belt and I remember uh, for, I went through a period of time where I just permanently just set like every role. I was just talking to myself, breathe, breathe, breathe. Mm. I used to tell people who were coaching for me at fights, bro, if you could just yell out and remind me to breathe, that'd be tops. Right? <laughs> and I used to just get people to, awesome. to tell me to breathe. Cause I would, I mean, forget, right? You mm. forget or you get distracted. It's not natural for you yet to breathe at the correct times. It sounds easier than it is, I guess. Aaron Aaron does that a lot. He That's a lot of his advice when he's like, you know, coaching a role in front of him. He, he just throws out, breathe, don't forget to breathe. Stop holding your breath, breathe. He's really aware of that, Aaron uh, Pebble Belt at, at the gym. Yeah, uh, it's, you know, it definitely there's some people who hold their breath and oh, yeah. can do with here and that. And it's, it's funny uh, on piggybacking off the, the holding your breath is it becomes a really, really obvious telegraph, particularly if someone's like on the bottom, they're about to go for a big explosive and they escape. Go, <gasps> yeah. And they go, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, you're yeah, like, yeah. Ah, I know what's yeah, coming. Yeah. I just dropped my base. Yeah. Good luck. And they pull out the <laughs> smelling salt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's super obvious. And then, and then you've just completely neutralized their element of surprise. Yeah. And, uh, and they've, yeah. yeah. And they've still exerted themselves massively. Exactly. And you've like, totally shut it down easily. Yeah. Think how much a failed lift costs. Oh, like when yeah. you, when you go for a one rep max deadlift or something it. and you fail, oh. man, mm. you like the chance, you the chance of you hitting it the second rep, man, like that doesn't happen often. Yeah. It does sometimes, you know, you see it in the Olympics, right? Obviously, but these are professional lifters. Mm. They might fail a lift and then come back and get it the second rep or in strongman. But man, at most of the time, if you fail the first one, you're fucked. You're fucked. Yeah. Right? It's, it's really funny. I used to do the same thing when I was, um, 
you know, quite new in the jujitsu journey. So I made a point of trying to fool my opponent doing the opposite. So whenever I was about to go for a big explosive uh, movement, I would slow down my breathing and just breathe like, like as in tell them, oh, I'm just taking a break. Oh, I'm just chilling. I'm just resting like, <laughs> so I'd go, <laughs> and then I was go, ah. Uh, <laughs> 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 <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't think it works. I don't, I don't really do it anymore, but it was a, a little like psychological game. I used to try and play um, back in the days. I like playing. I, I got quite a few little psychological like things I like to do in yeah. my roles. And yeah. I think they, they can go a long way. That's, you know, very nuanced in the sense that they're not necessarily game changing, but sometimes just adding, you know, if that makes said technique 1% more effective, sometimes 1% is the, you know, difference between something working and not. I've got one. I've got one that I do all the time. Got to share now. So in whenever I've got a rear naked choke and it's not quite on, but I'm like just sinking it in or like someone's fighting a submission like that and my head's right next to their head, I push my face in as close as I can to theirs <laughs> and lick their ears. No, And then I just like really slow down my breathing and show to them as I'm squeezing as hard as I can and show them, I can do this all day, baby. Yeah. Like I just slow it down. Like I'm relaxed. You're fighting. I'm chill. This can happen all day. Just tap her. Like that's like a psychological <laughs> game. I get as close as I can to their face and just breathe in their ear, like real slow, like real, like this is easy, bro. Yeah. Even though I'm like, <laughs> just like start talking to yourself as yeah. well. Be like, Fuck, that's right. I gotta buy milk. <laughs> <laughs> Just like your shopping list in their fucking ear, bro. <laughs> oh, that'd be so good. Shit. Yeah, but that's a you know, if for me it was literally just I made a mental note to to just say the word breathe over and over and over in my head while breathe. I would roll until it become normal. And it's also the mistake the reason that's a mistake beginners make as well is because they're not yet experienced enough to know which are the moments you can rest and which are the moments you can't. So this kind of ties in with the going too hard mistake, which is just not understanding. I think I've given a similar analogy before. Like if it's a five kilometer race, you can't sprint for five kilometers. Also, if you jog for five kilometers, you'll lose, right? In most competitive running, like the the start of the race, people usually sprint a bit further because they want good track position or whatever, and then you slow it down. So there's moments of it, you know, the, the speed fluctuates through the race. Mm. And so you could think of the jogging aspect of that five-kilometer race as when you're resting, you know, and jiu-jitsu is the same. So even when you're resting, you're still active. You can never just 100% rest. Mm beginners don't yet have, they don't know how to pace themselves as in, I don't mean just pace yourself as in, oh, this is the pace I can do for five minutes. No, pace yourself as in, you know, you need to have some reserves of, if, if you can go at a eight out of 10 for five minutes, right? Well, then your pace, your rest round should maybe, your resting should probably be a six out of 10 because there's moments you're going to need to bump it up to a 12 out of 10, mm. you know, but so you need that wiggle room. You need a pace that you can then, you know, have spikes in it as well. Do you know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. And beginners don't quite get that yet, that, that, that they need to maintain a pace that allows for moments of spiking. The best feeling is when you're rolling with your opponent and you're 
base pace is like three points above theirs. <laughs> it's three points, yeah. Or your base pace is like three points above their spiking pace. That's the and, best. You, and you're like, <laughs> you're day, baby. You got nothing. <laughs> nothing, you <laughs> shit. <laughs> oh man, I'm so arrogant. Yeah, yeah, but no, that, that's actually that's a really good analogy. And I think the better, the, the more jujitsu you do, and this is something I'm going through at the moment, is I one thing that you always say is like you can't rest there, bro. Like you can't. Yeah, rest there's there. some positions you that you just yeah, can't rest there. That, I get it's got to be a 20 out of 10 yes. sometimes. You yes, know? I've been I've been developing these bad habits of chilling in positions that I cannot rest in. And the the prime example is when you're in trying to escape a position, it's always gonna be hard, but then you get to like an intermediate position and then you chill because you think, oh yeah, yeah I've escaped. You, yeah, because you did a bunch of the hard, you did the yeah. harder part of the work. And then you let it go in the last like yeah. 10% and then you're back to where you were and you're yeah. like, fuck dude, why? Yeah. Yeah, you can't rest there. That's, yeah. that's something that is it's, playing it's in my all, mind. It's almost, another version of those fail videos of the don't celebrate too early. Oh, videos those are so where the good. guys finishing a triathlon, yeah. celebrating 50 meters from the end yep. and another dude just blasts past yep. him. It's kind of like that. I love <laughs> those videos. Those videos are fucking great. Yeah, it's a bit of a serves you right, isn't it? Oh, 100%. Yeah, that's, a, that's a valuable lesson that that guy learned. It's, it's not over till it's over. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You know what is over? This, this podcast. <laughs> so, yeah, quick quick summary. <laughs> right, five white belt beginner mistakes: going too hard. Right, recipe for injury. That also to <laughs> to contradict that, understand the misunderstanding of the sport you're about to participate in. Mm. Right, it is a full contact combat sport. It can be done safely. I'm not saying it's a fight every time you turn up to training. Embrace the suck, but you know. You're going to have wear and tear, but good wear and tear, right? Mm. You're going to wear and tear when you play guitar, right? So going too hard, mm. you know, uh, understand the sport you're participating in. No bass. Whoa, that's a bad one. Mm. Don't trip and fall on your face. Catch yourself. Don't overextend your arms. Get some little T-Rex arms going and breathe, baby. Don't forget just to breathe. breathe. Just breathe. Yep, just breathe. Whew. <sighs>